1: It's that time again. It's time for a retro pop. That's right. Your favorite. I'm going to assume it's your favorite. If it's not, then obviously something's wrong with you. <laughs> Possibly. Probably. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Towns, and I'm joined by uh, my good friend, Mr. Matt Johnson.
0: If if you don't like this show, you're 100% a dick.
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> think anybody's 100% a dick. <laughs> did you get my dick message <laughs> so many great
0: quotable moments yeah. in this uh in this and in, in for for our topic for today's episode oh man i'm i'm really glad you picked this one johnny um oh we're gonna
1: have a good time we're gonna have a good time yeah we sure are so uh in uh conjunction with the retro bliss what we're having marvel month we decided we would also do kind of the same thing here this month on Retro Pop, and with Matt and I each, uh, going to be discussing and talking about a film in the MCU, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I got first pick, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is what we're talking about today. Uh, I literally watched this again last night, so I'm fresh off of seeing it again after, it's been a, probably a year or two since i would seen it. Uh, But we'll get into that. Uh, So let's 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 go ahead and do that. Let's get into our personal history with Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so uh, well first of all, I love this film. <laughs> uh I loved it uh from the moment I saw it. But even before that, I uh had found this was years before this movie they even announced this movie. Um I had, you know, I was an avid comic book guy. And I would go to my local comic book shop. Uh it was called the Dugout, and I would go there and uh, you know, uh I, I had a pull list, which is where, if you don't know what that is, it's where they would uh, win a new comic. If you had that comic on your list, uh, they would pull it for you. So then when you just swing by pick it up, that type of thing. And um, I met a lot of really cool people there. Shout out to Stuart if he listens to this. Uh, but um, I w- would also go on these deep rabbit holes or raccoon holes. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, these lists that would come out, and one of them was like, "Hey, here are some strange, and this is well before the movie was announced. Here are some strange odd characters that you may or may not know uh, that exist in Marvel Comics. And one of them was Rocket Raccoon. And I immediately felt I have to know more about this rocket. And he immediately jumped to a top five favorite Marvel character for me immediately. And it must have been, uh, you know, the comic gods were smiling down upon me because it wasn't even that much longer. And until they announced, Hey, we're doing a guardians of the galaxy movie. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. And guess what? Uh, Rocket and Groot are going to be a part of this. And I got really excited (laughs) and I was not let down. I've seen this movie. Oh gosh. Uh, It's gotta be, it's definitely double digits for sure. Um i also love the volume two uh very excited for volume three yeah uh but uh yeah i i love these characters and rewatching this again yesterday but you know when when there's a movie you love even if it's i mean this movie's from twenty fourteen it's a movie you love which isn't even really that old yet uh part of you kind of wonders well i haven't seen it in a while i wonder if i still like it as much right like that happens to me and uh thankfully i can say oh yes (laughs) i still really enjoyed this movie um but yeah so that's that's kind of where i stand with guardians what about you matt
0: oh man i have a very special i have a special connection with uh with with this movie i really truly do um first and foremost though i do remember uh growing up my uncle had all of uh, all of my dad and uh, my other uncle's comic books. He had them all collected. And I very clearly remember uh, an issue of the original Guardians of the Galaxy from back in the 70s, probably early 80s, with Yondu, uh, Vance Astro, those kinds of characters. The original run of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, does have a couple of those issues. I, I very vividly remember that. Um, but when this movie got announced, when Guardians got announced, it was so... I was like, this is strange. Um, it's very <laughs> peculiar that they're going this direction. Obviously, we've established the Avengers at this point. You know, your Caps, Iron Man, Thors, all those characters, Earth-level characters. Why now are they going to, you know, so... It, and again, I'm glad that they did, but I was really surprised. I was like, uh, "What? What? what's going to happen? Uh, it, you know, how does this gonna tie into the Avengers? Are they going to cross over? It didn't make sense to me. All I thought it was, was maybe a one-off uh, appearance to set up something else down the road, set up Thanos, maybe a little bit further. I didn't know how far these characters were expected to go, uh, but it did. It, it, it came out in, in 2014. Uh, I'll never forget the night that I seen it. I had been going, it was a really tough time in my life. Like really, uh, really bad. I had a day job that I absolutely dreaded going to work for because my boss just, it was just relentless. I was trying to get into the electricians union. So I had to work. I was working overnights. I was working 20 hours a day, roughly maybe 19. Um, and that's not a joke. I would sleep for four hours and have to go, you know, at night and then have to get right back up and go, work this trying you know work this electricians gig and then work at my landscaping job which went till whenever and you know me and my now wife were having issues at the time and I just remember just I I there was like no joy anywhere that I looked I had just quit wrestling um just everything that could possibly go wrong in my life seemed to be going wrong and I had I didn't have to work that night we went Friday we went to a, the drive-in movie theater uh, transit drive-in, and I remember I was panicking because I overslept. I wanted to be up in and on the road by 7 o'clock. because It's a good 40, 45-minute drive away from my house. Um, I woke up late, and it, it, people were calling me, where are you, where are you? I was like, oh, my God. I was just that exhausted, but got everybody together. We took my parents' van, Um, me my wife my now wife amy my brother all my cousins this is like the only time we ever did like a a family hangout thing without our without our parents and we went there and i didn't know what to expect i didn't know that guardians was supposed to be this comedic uh you know joyous joyous film i sat there and i kid you not it was probably the first time in a month that i i smiled and laughed as much as i did and uh I that's it. That's a sentimental one that I will never forget. You know, for me, this is my introduction to Chris Pratt, Um, you know, in the, in the Star-Lord character, I was familiar with rocket. I was familiar with Drax. Uh, Groot and Gamora were new to me, but it it just, it was so whimsical. And it, it, to me, it redefined what a superhero movie um, what had to be, I, I, I guess, or what it, what it had to be, you know, for, for so long, it was just you know normal people. You know, we, we see we had seen the Fantastic Four, we had seen the X Men, not normal, but enhanced individuals, and now we're we have a talking tree and a raccoon, and in comedy is the whole basis of it. And it was just it was so well done. You know, James Gunn did a wonderful job with it. And you know, one of the biggest things I took away from it was that soundtrack, the Awesome Mix Volume One. It was uh, it was. I, I remember listen. I listened to it for. I, I bought the CD. Uh, I listened to it on iTunes. It was when I first got an iPhone. I downloaded it right away, and I, I listened to the crap out of that through a su- entire summer of just landscaping. We'd be singing, um, "I've got a feeling." Yeah, let's
1: just say that way. Yeah.
0: Um, by Blue Swede, and I, I'd sing it at the top of my lungs. We, me, and my one coworker, and it was. That uh, was a. It ended up being a pretty solid summer. But that Guardians of the Galaxy movie played a huge part in it. And I was just, I was so enthralled with, with everything that came, that was brought about.
1: Yeah, I think this movie was a, a lot of people's introductions uh, to actors and, and such. This was, you know, this was definitely, I mean, we'll get more into this, but this was definitely a shot in the dark for not only Marvel, but for Chris Pratt, uh, who had, you know, this was like his first real, shot at being a, at a leading role uh you know and it could have went anyway <laughs> uh, i sure. was very familiar with him because i loved parks and rec right and that's kind of what he got big off of was parks and rec and he was or is really hilarious on there he's very very funny i had never heard of it until after
0: guardians that's why i was in the dark on chris
1: pratt <laughs> yeah uh, he's hilarious on that show uh my favorite character on that show by far. He is so freaking funny there. But uh yeah, let's uh, let's let's get into the history of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1.
0: I have a plan! I have a plan!
1: Since you're yammering and relieve us from
0: this arts, we can find them.
1: Yeah, I'll have to agree with the walking thesaurus on that one. Do not ever call me a Thesaurus. It's just a metaphor, dude. His people are completely literal. Metaphors are going to go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. Okay, obviously, let's set some parameters here. Uh, this is based on the comic book. I, I mean, it's obvious. Uh, but uh, I'm going to talk more about the comic book in the Did You Knows. So... Uh it's the, the comic books have been around for a while. I mean Matt kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, but they were by far not a well-known Marvel commodity, right? They were uh, you know, there's a very famous story they like to tell about when they first did Iron Man, and Iron Man was a B-level character, and he was until they cast Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau. Uh <laughs> made that first iron man movie right uh uh, which was i need to go back and watch it but i remember i still remember seeing that in a theater and thinking whoa something's happening here right and uh but he was like a b-level character the guardians were past that i would C to d to e (laughs) level characters right like people barely knew who they were or anything like that it was a big
0: gamble at that time all things considered they had just finished phase one and it was a huge gamble to take on very very unknown characters like the guardians
1: yeah it was a huge a huge shot to see um you know if they could do it this really would kind of make or break the next phase of mcu because they like to break their their story into phases across their movies yeah uh because if you go back and rewatch the show and i'll i'll get into the plot here in a little bit but um it sets up a lot this movie does a lot of setting the groundwork for phase two it really does uh there's a lot of stuff in here and we'll get to it that i have for, for whatever reason i had forgotten because i guess because there's so many movies uh that i had forgotten um that this one sets up uh you know uh this is like the 10th movie in the mcu which is e, wild to me,
0: <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah, all things considered, because yeah, it's technically started in 08, 09, yeah. around then. But yeah, it really pushed the, uh, the the cosmic stuff, the 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 space stuff, which was, I mean, that was like it was just breathtaking. The visuals and oh yeah, this is um, a this is a stunning movie. Still holds up. And I think this might be the first actual acknowledgement of the Infinity Stones. As it well.
1: is. Yes, uh, that's the one thing I was going to bring up. The Infinity Stones actually play a big role in this. I'm fairly certain it's the first time uh, that they really discuss them and kind of tell you what they are. And um, this is a—it's uh, not the first time we see Thanos. I think he was like at the end of a scene of Avengers, right? I believe. Right, but we didn't get any any
0: vocalization. Right, and, and yeah. that was not even a f- uh, a finished look at that point either.
1: But right, but we get a much more realized Thanos in here. Uh, Josh Brolin already—it was actually cast as him already here, so you get to hear him talk um so there's a lot of things this movie does so let's talk about it like i said this movie comes out in 2014 it's the 10th movie in the mcu it was directed and written by james gunn with the help from nicole perlman nicole perlman actually started writing this uh in 2009 and then they added gunn to the project around 2012 and that was that really upped it uh gunn uh, was an odd choice for this, this, um, this, if you followed his work, uh, he was not known to be somebody you would pick for a movie like this, right at this time. Oh. Uh, so again, they're taking a chance here and uh, we're all better for it <laughs> yes. uh, because he's got a certain point of view, a certain, um, sense of humor and, uh, that really comes through here off the page. His uh, stylized, his movies, sorry to cut you off, but his
0: movie stylization is, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. You you know when you've seen a, a James Gunn movie because of the music. I mean, Suicide Squad uh, and, and
1: Peace, Peacemaker were just, oh, it, yeah.
0: it just oozed James Gunn. You could just tell it had his hands all over it.
1: Yeah, if you haven't seen Peacemaker, I highly recommend it. It's, it's a <laughs> lot of fun. And probably my favorite thing that John Cena's done. <laughs> It's oh so good. oh he's, that was his... he's awesome in it he did <laughs> so, very good yep yep all right so they uh they start working on the movie around together around 2012 and let's i don't want to understate what nicole perlman did because she definitely helped lay the groundwork here and um gun kind of comes in uh and helps finish it so uh they would do most of the filming over in good old england that's where most of this movie was shot and filmed Uh, The score of the movie was by Tyler Bates uh, with the soundtrack, the very famous soundtrack, which we will get again into in the Digi Notes, and I think Matt will probably even talk about it in the Matt Stats, uh, because this soundtrack, just to spoil it a little bit, was huge. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But it had songs from the 60s and 70s that Gunn himself chose, and that kind of became a running thing for him in his movies, is uh, him choosing these songs. He doesn't just go out and choose top songs. Uh, They seem uh like he knows uh he knows the the feeling he wants to get across and um I don't feel like he's just picking the hits right
0: he's done he's done so much for my music taste that he will never know like I (laughs) like you have no idea even my brother's like addicted to this uh uh his, his taste in music for all these films it's and my brother's eight years younger than me, and these are way, 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 way out of his age range. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it just, it, it hits, and it hits just right, and music became a nice underlying theme of uh, of this.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to get into the casting and everything in this movie on the Did You Know? Because there's a lot of fun what-if castings on this one, and we will definitely talk about that in the Did You Knows. Uh, but let's kind of talk a little bit about the plot of this movie in case you haven't seen it. Obviously, Spoilers uh, from a movie from almost a decade ago now. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, uh, it's on Disney Plus. That's the way I have it on Blu Ray, but I just uh, uh, you know fired up the old Disney Plus last night. Uh, The one thing, side note, that I really like that Disney Plus does, and I don't know why, I never paid attention to it before is they actually put a lot of the extras uh, on Disney Plus too like uh, yeah they put it right in the film
0: there's there's yeah. um uh, a lot of the some of the deleted scenes they might yep. incorporate if they are finished they will incorporate right in the movie um uh, which is a nice touch they, they disney plus does a really good job and you know as, as things move to streaming service we start to lose a lot of those extra features that dvds used to be able right. to give us yeah. um but disney plus does a, a really good job with that
1: yeah they seem to keep those there uh, cause, uh, you can even go watch a lot of the, uh, makings of and stuff of this movie on Disney plus it's really fun and interesting a side note, uh, real quick <laughs> since everything uh, has their own streaming service. Now uh, I've experienced quite a few different, uh, streaming, uh, services, Disney plus, honestly, uh, and I'm talking, I use an Xbox one for all my streaming stuff, uh, its app works really well. It's actually one of the better working apps, and I say that because Paramount Plus, get your act together. <laughs> <laughs> I got a free preview of it because uh, I really want to watch Sonic, the new Sonic movies on there, and um, a couple other things. I want some Star Trek stuff on there. I want to watch, uh, and uh, it's just a pain to navigate on the Xbox. So fix yeah. it. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the movie. Um, of course, uh, this movie starts off you we kind of get introduced to peter quill right off the bat and immediately you kind of get his character right uh he's he's a thief and he's uh very full of himself and he's uh you know dancing and singing and immediately it's important you can tell it's a, that music is important to him i mean gosh the first thing you see is a very i forgot how emotional that first scene was uh with his mom oh yeah uh you know he's just a kid and uh it's obvious that she's in the hospital and she's not going to last too much longer and um and it's immediately after he runs out after she passes he runs out Uh, obviously grief stricken uh this little boy runs out and that's when he's uh kidnapped by a ufo basically uh so that's the that's how this movie starts (laughs) it was a hot it was a hot opener hot opener (laughs) for sure but then we uh, then we see him growing up and he's trying to steal this orb uh, because somebody's going to pay him a lot of money for it, and we, we get a really fun action sequence here. Um, but it's it's they really set up the sense of humor in this movie. Right after this really tough scene, this really emotional scene, the humor really comes across in the next one because, like you know, there's that alien lady. It's he's almost like a if Captain Kirk. Was even more somehow full of himself. Uh, that would be Star Lord in a way, oh for sure. And he I love to, Captain yeah. Kirk, but yeah, he,
0: he yeah. What I mean him? his, I mean his entire image. I think he got from a lot of, you know, growing up in that time period, a lot of '60s and '70s uh, pop culture at that time. Yeah. You know, he referenced just I like Kevin Flash Bacon. Gordon, yeah, Kevin Bacon. He re- referenced yeah. Flash Gordon. Um, I, I think it. Well, I think he mentioned it in Infinity War, one of those films um you know flash gordon was used this is all stuff that he grew up with and this is his you know idea of what a space cowboy essentially should be and and you you could definitely tell he's a mix of a lot of um a lot of major pop culture properties from that era
1: a lot of things obviously influenced him and it's it's really obvious that he wants people to know who he is you know like you know he tells i guess i'm star lord who (laughs) you know (laughs) And you can tell that kind of breaks his heart a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, when they finally said that yeah, it was a star Lord and he goes, finally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <So laughs> uh, and then we also get to meet soon after that. Cause he gets away. but uh, We get to meet, you know, the bad guy Ronan. And um, this is when we first meet Nebula and um, Gamora is introduced here. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's automatically. Uh, stated how bad this bad guy is because he crushes a guy's head in with a hammer. <laughs> pretty hardcore. That was um, pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. If this had been a non MCU movie, Gunn probably would have shown that whole thing just to uh, FYI because <laughs> I've seen Suicide Squad. So I'm pretty sure he would have just shown it. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we kind of move on from there. The, the gist of it is Thanos and Ronan have a pack together where if uh, Ronan finds this orb, and gives it to Thanos. Thanos will destroy um, this planet that uh, Rodan wants to destroy because uh, the races, his race and their race don't get along. Correct. So uh, you had all that in the background of this. Um, Fast forward, uh, you know, we get to meet Rocket and Groot and the team kind of comes together because they're sort of all after each other (laughs) and they all get arrested. And then that's where we get to meet Drax, and the team's fully together here. There's so much, uh, like, you know, Matt and I knew Drax because he's Batista, right? Uh, he was a pretty major wrestler there for the early, like 2000s, 2010s, around in there, I would say. For
0: probably an eight to nine-year stretch, he was, yeah. he was right up there with John Cena, and uh, this is the beginning of his, uh, the end for his wrestling career, kind of. Yeah, but yeah for sure such a good i mean this is one of his best portrayals <laughs> yes. ever i mean honestly i i value dave batista this is probably very controversial and i've said this another podcast i value dave batista's range with acting uh i think he's a better actor than the rock the rock just makes more money um probably because he's an, he just whores himself out but uh <laughs> but uh, what's
1: that face is that an agreement is that an, an agreement i i'll tell you what i like the rock i do i do um, too plenty of rock movies that i love but there's just something about this batista performance especially where one minute he makes you laugh and then the next minute he talks about his wife and daughter and you're you're like whoa you know uh, and it's only one character and he could have played this character really over the top because you know this character just doesn't he doesn't take things literally or anything like that he could have really went over the top but he
0: Nothing his, goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast.
1: I will catch it. <laughs> uh, but his delivery is so, I think, perfect for this character. Uh, you know, where uh, it makes it even funnier that he's kind of this dry with his delivery. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but they get uh, they're, they're put in prison and then they escape. Thanks to Rocket. This is where Rocket kind of gets to shine. Uh, he helps them all escape. With the plan of going to nowhere, the area in Marvel nowhere, not, you know, the uh, K-N-O-W where that's where they're going nowhere. It's like a giant celestial head that's a mining area now. And I know, I know. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about, when <laughs> I've heard, uh, I was listening to somebody try to describe Stranger Things to somebody who's never seen Stranger <laughs> Things. Uh, it's the same thing here. And it's a lot of these movies that I, that I love. If you're just describing them to somebody who doesn't know anything about them, you sound like a lunatic. (laughs) Oh, oh, 100%. (laughs) That'd be something fun we could do on panel discussion. Describe
0: superhero movies to people who've never seen them, ever seen them before, or or don't know who the characters are. That would be a, that would be a fun. Oh man. We'll have to talk to will about that. And we should make that a game for one of our upcoming episodes.
1: That's a great idea. Uh, Go check out panel discussion. It's Matt and me and will uh, if you, uh, if you enjoy comic book talk, go there. And if you enjoy uh, really goofy characters, go there. Uh, but yes, yeah, so it's terrible, Stooley, Get, <laughs> get, outta get
0: outta out of here, get out of here. Go to bed, go to bed.
1: <laughs> oh man, Stooley showed up. This is exciting. <laughs> I gotta I give say, him
0: credit now. I gotta give him credit in the in The episode, yeah.
1: I would say old prospector will show up, but uh, he's told me that he's only on the panel discussion because they're the only ones that will pay him. So <laughs> uh, He gets paid in gold, uh, but yeah. Uh, so they go to nowhere with, um, they want to meet the collector. That's what it's called, right? And they, uh, this the collector right? Benicio del Toro. Right, uh, yes. Collector, yep. And there's a lot of fun Easter eggs there, by the way, if you look in the collectors in the background of the collectors area, you'll see a lot of characters. Cosmo. Well, they show Cosmo, but you know, Cosmo shows up the dog. Um, How are the Duck how are the ducks there Uh, also um, uh, there's a plenty of other characters that you'll see that is is pretty fun. So yeah, uh, a lot of little Easter eggs there. Uh, So this is when you find out what this orb actually is. It's one of uh, these very incredible stones that were made during the creation of the universe. It's really powerful. You have to be powerful to even hold one. Uh, because if you're not it will just literally disintegrate you and you'll explode as we see happens to this poor character who uh, decides she doesn't want to take the collector's crap anymore and grabs it and uh, she gone she gone (laughs) she gone yeah she blew up real quick
0: yeah Yeah. that was fun that was fun that was like right after they you know they're describing these things that happens like oh that that
1: hurts that looks like it hurts (laughs) but that's how you show how powerful just one of these stones is, uh, which really actually adds to the fact when Thanos gets all of them later, that's a big spoiler alert, uh, how powerful he must be, right? So, yeah, um, they're fighting over this orb. Eventually, Ronan gets it, uh, he ends up with it. A lot of little things happen, um, in between this to Yondu and uh, um, what's his group called them? I'm, I'm blanking on their name, they got an, it, it's Ravagers, Ravagers, yep, Ravagers. Uh, they, um, that's who had originally, at the beginning of the movie, had kind of kidnapped Quill, and he sort of became there, and you'll find this even more in Volume 2, um, you know, kind of part of their family in a way, uh, but they're after him here because uh, he, he's kind of screwed him over on a deal, <laughs> uh, but they catch him. And Gamora, and then all of a sudden, this is when you realize that they're a team because Rocket and Groot and Drax show up but we're trying to save them <laughs> by blowing them up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really fun discussion. But that's probably one of the, you know, uh, Bill Simmons has this podcast that he does uh, that's about movies, and he has a category on there called Most Rewatch- Rewatchable Scenes. And that scene with, the, with the, all your favorite characters there where they're sitting in a circle discussing things, uh I could watch that scene and again and again and again. <laughs>
0: now we're standing like a bunch of like a bunch of do- I think it was like a bunch of douchebags or something. like I think jackasses. Like yeah. jackasses or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's got comedy in there and it's got some really moving things in there, and it really shows uh that there's real friendships kind of forming here because they've started to, you know, even just earlier, Rocket said Rocket Group uh said, Well, these are the only friends we've ever had, you know. So uh it's a, it's it's immediate how they're kind of even though they don't want to admit it that these this group is uh, kind of becoming a family here uh, but um so they come up with a plan because they know they need to get the orb back or the stone back from Ronan who at this time has already betrayed uh you know he has betrayed Thanos and because he's already Ronan's a powerful character himself he puts the stone into his giant hammer and he's a problem <laughs> So he's just going to go and destroy that planet himself, uh, John C. Riley included. Uh, so never, he's a, he was never he was touched, a, John C. Riley. No, no. Uh, he is. He's uh, an he's an intergalactic treasure apparently now. He is. He is for real. He was a pleasant <laughs> surprise for me to show up on this movie. By the way, yeah,
0: right. Like it was like the, I, I felt like when I realized that he was in it, that uh, I was like, okay, I. I I know what they're going for here.
1: I know what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Because that dude's so great. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, uh, Ronan goes there to that planet to try to destroy it, but everybody comes together to take him down. Uh, we get a lot of really cool scenes here, like Yondu using his, um, what do you call that thing? Uh, the whistle thing what would you call that oh uh, okay. it's I like a wand but it's not a wand it's like an arrow sort of Yeah, it's a magic whistle arrow i forgot what i think it has a it's name. got a name it has a name let me google it let me google it yeah you google that but like you get to see this really sweet scene where he's like surrounded by like what 20 bad guys or something like that and just with the tone of his whistle he takes them all out it is I remember seeing that scene for the first time and I almost stood up in the theater like, wow, that's freaking cool. It was called
0: it's called the Yaka arrow. I don't think they ever officially said that in there, but it was right. described as that in the comics. But yeah, that was a really, really badass scene. Um, yeah, that was dude, the, the 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 lower tone with the whistling and eventually picked up and bam, 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 bam. bam. And man, what a cool weapon. What a cool yeah. weapon.
1: <laughs> it really is. Uh, it also tells you not to mess with the guy. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, they eventually, uh, kind of take the ship down that Ronan's in, but he survives the crash. Uh, Groot sacrifices himself, uh, to save his, uh, family, his friends. And one of the, um, the fact that he said, I am Groot. And then he just says, we are Groot as his last words. I still got choked up yesterday watching this when he does that. That's how incredible this movie is. He literally yeah. just changes one word to another word. I to we, and it just, Uh, like the meaning behind it is so powerful uh yeah so that scene just so great and uh but then that's followed by another uh, rewatchable scene of the dance-off right uh where quills trying to dance uh, trying to get Rona to do a dance-off uh (laughs) (laughs) to buy rocket and drag some time to uh, to rebuild that weapon and they did it and they end up saving the day basically uh i don't want to say everything i'm kind of trying to get through this pretty quick if you haven't seen this movie disney plus i highly 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 recommend it uh also real quick um since i don't think we'll ever talk about volume two uh let's uh, you know a lot of these characters that you love in this one uh, if uh, they'll get even more love in the next one like yondu i never thought i'd cry over yondu but uh volume two did it <laughs> yeah oh it
0: certainly did that one's a uh, tough one to watch. That was that was that ending in the it was the cat Stevens. or is it cat Stevens that's saying that it uh, might be. Uh I can't, can't remember. So. He I is mean, uh, oh he knows he sure knows how to hit uh hit those uh emotional hit, hit the soul. Yes, yeah. he does.
1: So anyway, that's kind of the gist of the film. Uh so the movie comes out, and again, like we said before, it's taking a chance. Marvel's taking a chance here. This could be oh, either them proving that hey. Uh, we really onto something with the MCU here, or uh, it could prove that uh, you guys ain't what you think you are. Right. Basically it could go either way. Uh, this movie was of course, an astonishing success. Uh, it was, I'm not giving any numbers here, but it would end up being like the, it would be in the top three of the highest grossing movies of that year. Yes. Uh, only uh hunger games, mocking J part one uh, and American sniper, which I never saw. Uh, but those Beat this good movie that's a good movie i'm not surprised it did
0: but i understand it, it's for a, a more a bigger audience i think
1: yeah uh but i've seen the hunger games and that's a good movie yeah um and the sequel would come out in 2017 and of course is a third movie that they're working on i think they literally as of this recording just wrapped up uh filming of that what like a week or two ago
0: yes like yeah yeah we read it. it was like yeah i think two weeks ago yep and that's
1: supposed to come out next year uh 2023 and i had forgotten about this matt it was also announced that this year there's supposed to be a holiday special uh with all these uh characters also written and directed by Gunn, uh to be to come out on disney plus
0: yes yeah holiday special and um yeah the i am groot series it's supposed to be an animated i am groot mini series yep. uh as well so we're getting a lot of guardian stuff i'm glad they've kind of been put on the back burner since infinity war yeah um you know i know there's some some stuff and things happening there but i'm I'm glad because the guardians i think should be held a little bit more prominently yep. but um yeah they fell off they fell off quick i mean if you really think about it by the time uh guardians 3 comes out it'll have been seven six or seven years since the last since the last movie so yeah
1: thankfully we've gotten to see them in some other of the marvel movies yeah. you know those two big we'll be Avengers seeing them films. in thor we'll be seeing them thor coming and we'll up see them so. in the next thor i'm very much looking forward to that um adding thor to this group works uh just right after ragnarok uh you know those because that movie to me is kind of like um I the, one of the other reasons I'm glad that this movie, this Guardians movie, worked mm-hmm. and did so well is because I think that told Marvel, "Hey, we can take some chances." Yeah, and that's why they said, "Hey, um, oh, what's that director's name? Ta- take a White take, uh, y- Yeah, yeah. I I hate that I can never say it right because I absolutely adore that guy, <laughs> uh, and I'll search his movies out to watch them because I like him so much. Uh, he's probably my top. Uh, top three favorite director right now uh, if he does a movie i want to see it
0: him and gun him? have a him and gun have a very similar approach i think that's why the
1: thor yeah, fits actually yeah. in that with them yep that's what i was that's what i was getting to so i think that tone and everything said hey we can you know and back when gun uh there was this whole thing going on where they might have gotten rid of him or might have quote unquote canceled him whatever you think about that we want we won't touch that but uh you know uh, the first name that people said that they to replace him would have been You know, uh, take a uh, because their sense their sense of humor, while slightly different, is in the same vein for sure. And that was taking a chance because Thor, the first two Thor movies, had a different tone to them by far. And the second one, which has some alright parts in it, uh, is, in my opinion, is not that great. But the third one is uh, fantastic. So I'm looking forward to the new one.
0: Do you know who directed those first two? Do you know who directed those first two? I don't remember. It's the dude who played Gilderoy Lockhart really? Harry Potter. Yep. Kenneth Branagh. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, he needs some joy in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind comic book movies being dark. Sometimes you got to be. But uh, give me a little bit of humor in there to line it up sometimes, please. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'm asking. Uh, you know, this movie is a great example of the fact that There's some dark moments in this and some sad, tragic moments in this movie. Uh, But there's a lot of laughs in it and it works. So uh, you can make people laugh and cry. Just remember that you can do both. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that's kind of the Guardians of the Galaxy volume one in a nutshell. Let's move on over to Matt's stats. I sounded really Southern there. (laughs) That's exactly why none of you have any friends. Five seconds after you meet
0: somebody, you're already trying to kill him. We have traveled halfway across the quadrant,
1: and Ronin is no closer to being dead. Trax! Let him go. We don't need him. Milady Gamora, I'm here to fetch you for my master. Okay, this isn't creepy at all. We house the galaxy's largest collection of fauna, relics, and species of all manner.
0: All right, my friend. So, um, release dates. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy dropped it. Dolby Theater, July twenty first, twenty fourteen. Um, I know I saw that August first, which was the United the US. I think widespread open. Um, August 1st, 2014, 122-minute runtime. It had a budget of $232.3 million and a worldwide box office of $772.8 So So um, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good, I'd say so, for it. Uh, I'm looking at some of these other stats here. So actually, so third highest grossing film of 2014, it was actually behind uh, Transformers and The Hobbit. I did read though about mockingbird i'm trying to figure out oh here it is oh why does it say that it mentioned so grossing domestic film oh maybe it's domestically but worldwide it was behind transformers oh, yeah. okay yep. and 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 the hobbit which that makes a lot more sense my apologies on that uh opening day so everybody knows i think by now that they do the thursday night pre-opening uh it earned 11.2 million uh which actually beat out captain america the winter soldiers 10.2 million. Um, IMAX accounted for 17% of the total, that, that total gross, which is 1.9. It's official opening day that Friday, $37.8 million uh, dollars earned. And it was the number one movie during its box office weekend and grossed a uh, total of 94 point, uh, 94.3, which was an August weekend record record. Um, IMAX uh, earned about 11.7 million, and 3D showings accounted for 45 percent of the ticket sales. Really cool thing here too: Um, it appealed to both genders, um, which is which is really nice. Male and female. It had a 44 percent female audience, 56. percent. I believe that's the that's how that. Yep, fifty-six percent male audience and 55% of the opening weekend audience was over 25 which is uh which is a really neat thing. Uh it fell behind uh the second and third weeks teenage mutant Ninja turtles beat it for two weeks and then it came back on top. Four, fifth, fifth and sixth weekends it was back on top which was uh which was, was pretty significant there. It was the first movie of 2014 to pass uh 300 million dollars for domestic gross which was uh which was pretty significant and as, I, as we mentioned, American Sniper Hunger Games uh, domestically. Internationally, it released in 42 different markets and grossed $66.4 million in its opening weekend. The biggest debuts came from Russia, which earned 13. Uh, United Kingdom, which earned 10.8. Mexico, 6.5 million. Brazil, 6.5 million. And South Korea, 4.7 million. So it did really well there. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. All right, this is the only thing where the audience and critics score both sit um, – at 92 percent that's good (laughs) that's really really good um yeah the tomato well the tomato meter it's 92 percent i'm guessing that's where their critics critics kind of come from uh let's take a look at the music album which dropped and uh did really really well for itself of course i think we all know some of the songs on there uh 43 minutes 44 seconds is the length and this song did or this album did really really well um august 2014 and it had reached uh the billboard 200 charts which is really cool because again there's a bunch of there are a bunch of not very popular songs in a compilation just use at the right time and, and creating these moments that made it so popular and um
1: and, it's pretty it's pretty wild how a property um, of a movie that hits can really bring back a song uh that sort of gets lost to time to come and get
0: your love i i don't think i ever remember hearing it don't ever remember hearing it and all of a sudden everywhere you go it's playing yep. it's playing in movies it's playing in grocery stores malls everywhere
1: i mean it that's, was, that, that's happening even now the new season of stranger things dropped right and it's a big hit uh and one of the big songs in it is this kate bush running up a hill song and uh, it's number one on itunes right now that's right that's right You that, did see that and nobody cared about this song before then <laughs> <laughs> Um, some more things.
0: By September, September 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Volume 1 was the second best-selling soundtrack album in the United States with 426,000 copies sold. Uh, it did very, very well for itself. It hit uh, it hit number one in Canada. It also hit one in the UK, uh, U.S. Billboard Top 100, U.S. Uh, top Rock Albums, and U.S. Soundtrack Albums. It did very, very well for itself. Um, let's see sales, United States, uh, com- completely, uh, over 2 million in sales, UK, 600,000, um, uh, New Zealand, 7,500 Germany, 200,000 Australia, 140,000 Austria, 15 Canada it, or yeah, Canada, 80,000, uh, world. Yeah. Worldwide two two 2.5 million, uh, sales it did very, very well for itself. And there's a long list of awards, acknowledgements at the, uh, the album has had uh and let's see i think the last thing i wanted to hit on uh the sony walkman you guys remember how, how cool it was when we've <laughs> seen chris pratt walking out he put his headphones on and he's tapping and come and get your love starts playing the sony walkman jumped up in price in fact the original um at that time they were selling for about 100 100 to 200 dollars um yeah it was the walkman that was in that movie was released on July first, nineteen seventy nine, and that was the one that was used in that film. Um, it was, you know, it was still retail retail for two hundred dollars back in the day, roughly five hundred nine after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, um, five hundred to a thousand dollars on the resale market.
1: Makes me wish I had kept mine. Uh, sadly, they didn't do the same thing for Zune. <laughs> yes I, oh i know because i had a Zune. uh very <laughs> sad that i couldn't resell that like <laughs> um
0: yeah it, this was uh this was something really really special this the the incorporation of music so heavily in this and um you know it's been a it's been a a, a popular thing in movies ever since people you, you can definitely see even the first suicide squad movie did an extensive job and this is not the james gunn version but they they, I think they actually used oh, yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. songs from that film, but people were trying to catch on with the way that the guardians presented. Um, but that's all I have for stats. I, I don't have any merchandise sales stuff, but I know it was big, you know, right away. I remember seeing the, the little, the, the, the twig Groot pot plant everywhere oh, yeah. where yep. you can push them and you dance to, uh, oh, dance yeah. to the Jackson five. It, there was a lot of a ton of merchandise and it did very well for itself, but that's it for Matt stats. Let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? Honorable man, Carl. I will fight beside you. And in the end, see
1: my wife and daughter again.
0: Oh, what the hell? I don't got that long a lifespan anyway.
1: Now I'm standing. Y'all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Yeah, I have quite a few uh, Rockets and Groots, uh, Funko Pops. They've released multiple versions of those characters. (laughs) Uh, And I got quite a few of them. Uh, All right, so... <clears throat> let's do some casting. What ifs let's start off with that uh, for the part of star Lord. Uh, Zachary Levi was up for this role. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt was also up for this role. I can't see that. He's a fantastic actor, but it doesn't fit I, him. It doesn't Levi. Fit. Yes. I, I could say yes. Yeah.
0: After watching Shazam, I could definitely see that.
1: Yeah. And of course um, Glenn Howerton, which you may know from uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, he was the one that was closest to getting it before, uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Chris Pratt actually had to be convinced to even try out for this, uh, because he thought this wasn't something that he would, uh, you know, he would even get or anything like that. He had to be convinced, uh, to even give it a shot. And of course he's kind of known before this has been, uh, if you watch parks and rec, you can actually see his body change.
0: <laughs> yes. That was a big, that was a big thing. And yeah. man, he looked great. Cause he had dad bod vibes looking back on that, uh, you know, that show dead bod vibes. And then he just, he looked fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's really, it really is impressive. They even make a joke about it on that show. Uh, (laughs) all right. So other actors considered for the role of Drax were uh, uh, Brian Patrick Wade and, uh, Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa. Uh, but I think they went the right route here. Uh, I, this performance is so good that I, I just can't see anybody else. Right. I mean, this. isn't it
0: up to like, uh, isn't up there with like an RDJ where you can't see anybody else duplicating yeah. this role.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Just, uh, you know, just Batista's mannerisms and everything. Just man. Uh, so perfect for this. <laughs> I, I liked him. Okay. As a wrestler, but uh, I'm freaking, you know, Will fight for him as Drax. 100 percent hundred
0: percent This is this upcoming one's gonna be his last one. So I know I'm so sad. Enjoy it. I
1: I man, I got a bad feeling. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that something's gonna happen to his character, and I'm gonna be a bloodburn mess. All right, here we go. Uh Gamora was almost played by Amanda Seafried. Uh, in fact, she the de- only declined the role when she found out just how many hours of makeup she'd have to endure to play that part <laughs> i can only imagine right because uh, you're covered in green and it's really good looking makeup i mean oh for sure um yeah zoe i can never say her last name either uh but she looks fantastic uh well she looks fantastic anyway but um you know just uh all of this this is really great makeup they're doing here it doesn't look you know, if you make somebody green, if you literally paint them green, uh, it can look hokey, right? It's easily can look hokey, but she most certainly does not. It
0: looked very natural. At her. They did, the makeup department did a great job. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, of course, uh, very famously, uh, Vin, this is one of, in my opinion, one of Vin Diesel's better roles <laughs> as he voiced <laughs> Groot. But what is great about him voicing Groot is every time that Groot says, I am Groot, and of course, at one time we are Groot, all those he recorded every time. None of those were reused. He recorded each line of those. And he would even ask James Gunn, like, hey, what's what's Groot's motivation for this? I am Groot. <laughs> he would even ask that. And that is freaking fantastic. You want to hear uh, something
0: funny? I he, earned, he earned $54.5 million to say I am Groot over and over again
1: you know what say what you want about the guy <laughs> <laughs> power to him, man power to him uh oh i'd, I'd put this right up there with um iron giant because he also voiced iron giant oh it's, that... i'm
0: sorry. It, it's 13 per it's 13 per movie i'm sorry oh, overall
1: what's... it's 54.5 <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> that is a that is impressive and incredible uh do you know how much bradley cooper made because he because bradley cooper voiced rocket um the physical performance would be by sean gunn uh who also is also in the movie but that's james gunn's brother of course uh he probably is my f- secret uh if i have to rate my favorite characters uh, sean gunn's character would be up there too on, the, on these movies i really like him he's probably my favorite background character but- oh for sure uh, does do you know how much Bradley Cooper made voice in Rocket? I'm very curious. I'm about looking that. up right now, buddy. Um, because let's... he had actual dialogue, <laughs> um, multiple dialogue, I should say. Okay, so it says he's earned
0: as of 2019, he earned 57 million for playing Rocket. Oh, uh, right. or no, that's that's overall projects. I'm sorry, it's not specifically given me what he earned. Let's see. Oh, six
1: million. Whoa, Rocket. Well, wow, he needs a better agent. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> because he's a big name too, you know. Yeah. All right. So, of course there's uh, you know, all these Marvel movies always have these little stingers at the end of their films, either after credits or mid credits. Uh the probably the most famous one here is the Howard the Duck one. Uh do you know who voiced Howard the Duck? Uh I do know this but I can't remember the name. <laughs> uh very famous for nerds, uh, Seth Green uh voiced yes, Howard the Duck. That's yeah. right. Uh, This is probably, to me, why the movie really stands out, too. Yes, of course, there's a lot of CGI, uh, but this movie looks really good uh, special effects wise, because I made a point to really look at that. That's because uh, James Gunn went into this thinking, I really want to do as much of this with practical effects as I can. And then we'll just add the stuff after. But I want the the main things to be practical. And uh, that goes a long way, (laughs) in my opinion, of making it look better. Cough Cough Star Wars cough cough <laughs> uh, including that whole prison set where they're in prison they built that whole set it that is great. that is incredible to me because that's a humongous set <laughs> it's a humongous place all right and um all right so let's kind of talk about the comics real quick right uh there have been many versions and members of the guardians uh of the galaxy uh, i i of course, as soon as they because when this movie came out, Marvel started redoing Guardians again, the comics, and they would even have a rocket comic, which I most certainly got all those because uh, not only was it a rocket comic, but my favorite artist was the one working on them. Uh But in the comics, there have been many versions of, and members of the Guardians. And here's some notable members. Adam Warlock, of course, which everybody's excited that we may get to see soon. He uh, was cast. He was cast. Yeah. So. Ant-Man has been a Guardian. Captain Marvel has been a guardian. Iron man has been a guardian. Cosmo. That awesome dog uh, has been a guardian. Uh, give me more Cosmo. You know, honestly, I would take some more Cosmo. I like to see an, an animal, like a Marvel animals show or something, a lot like movies, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, Kitty pride from X-Men has been uh, a, a guardian. The thing has been a guardian. A uh, beta Ray bill has been a guardian and I remember this because he was a part of the Guardians. He joined them when I was reading Guardians. Vidim would become a member of Guardians. I did not know that. That is actually really cool. Yeah, he he joined them for, I, I can't remember the run. He was in there for, I want to say, maybe like a year or something like that. Somewhere okay. around in there. He was in there for a bit. He didn't just kind of go come for one uh, issue and leave. He was there for multiple issues. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of some of the more notable members. There have been way more than that, but those are probably the ones that you would have a chance of knowing who they are Uh, they get really really in there on some of these uh, some that i didn't recognize and i'm a giant (laughs) nerd so uh, but yeah so that's the did you knows let's talk about where guardians of the galaxy stands in pop culture today
0: people of Xander, the time has come to rejoice and renounce your paltry gods
1: your salvation is at hand. Be yeah! Oh child. Things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Listen to these words. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Then yeah, bring it down hard. Sunday put it together what are you together. doing dance off bro me and you come on subtle take it back what are you doing i'm distracting you you big turd blossom uh, well a marvel movies are still huge uh you know that new spider-man came out recently and dr strange came out recently both of those did super duper well (laughs) uh you know uh every time any news uh, i mean even the filming wrapping up for guardians made the news right uh so that tells me that they're going to be just fine everybody's looking forward to this movie i am too um uh, you know they're a major part of the upcoming thor movie of course i mean they were in a trailer quite a bit for it and um you know, they were major players and the and those really amazing uh you know infinity stones and, and endgame uh they're major players there. So uh I they've become household names, right? Like my mom uh loves Groot, right? She loves Groot, she loves Rocket, and she knows who they are, <laughs> right. They're the, probably the most mainstream ones, honestly.
0: It's weird yeah. that the, the animated characters that aren't actually real are the most mainstream yeah. ones.
1: <laughs> uh, but that's that's just saying the power of these characters uh, is that I think that, you know, um, if we lose any of them, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big emotional scene in, I think it's Endgame, where uh, Thanos throws, you know, he sacrifices... Gamora. And that was a pretty moving scene to me uh, because that's a character that I loved, you know, from guardians and um, you know, uh, so I, I do think that these I did, I think gun said volume three is going to be his last one. Right. I think he said that too.
0: Oh, his personal last one. Yeah, I think it is. I, th- yeah. I think it is. He just wanted to conclude the story and I think he's going to go back to DC and do some stuff. So,
1: yeah. So uh i think this one's gonna be really good i'm very much looking forward to it and i know i'm not alone in this Uh, as long as these marvel movies keep doing good you know i get having superhero fatigue sometimes i feel that myself yeah and i love superheroes but sometimes i'm like man i'm you know even though like that last batman movie was good you know i can do without some batman for a while right like and i'm just using him as an example you can put in any comic book hero here uh but then there's movies that come out, and I'm like, oh man, this movie's fantastic. <laughs> so I did the same thing with uh, Spider-Man. You know, uh, Spider-Man was coming out. And I was like, oh yeah, well we're gonna see Doc Ock again. Uh, they're gonna put all these uh, things together. I was like, oh man, another Spider-Man. And then I saw it. And I was like, this is the, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Right. And then uh, Doctor Strange is coming on Disney Plus as of this recording in like ten days. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, I'm really excited for Marvel. MCU in general because they seem to be taking chances uh with these type of movies and shows. Uh, Miss Marvel as of this recording the first episode came out and I thought it was fantastic i really loved it. It kind of has a Scott Pilgrim vibe to it. Yes. Uh which I uh which is a sadly underrated film. Highly recommend Scott Pilgrim, but uh, yeah. So I kind of think Guardians are going to be around for for a while as long as they keep doing MCU movies. Um, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't at least have some of these characters sticking around.
0: Yeah. I, I think baby Groot is probably the most, you know, recognizable and adorable thing. They marketed the heck out of baby Groot while, uh, while they had a chance. Even my dog plays with, uh, baby Groot squishy, you know, squeaky toys and, and stuff like that. It's actually really quite adorable, but, um, But yeah, I mean, as long as the MCU goes back, you know, continues to go forward, people are always going to look back at that movie. It's on TV uh, quite a bit at this point, but um, it stands out. You know, it's again, it's not a a cut, you know, run of the mill uh, cookie cutter superhero film. It is truly, truly special. So um, so, yeah, I I, I think it's going to last a, uh, you know, a long time in people's hearts. Again, I know it's it's a favorite of mine and uh You know, someday I'll be able to show my kids this movie and, you know, have a good laugh about it.
1: I think it really helps that these movies, uh, these Guardians movies seem to have a soul to them, right? It's very easy for, uh, especially um, for some of these characters, for them to feel at some point soulless. Uh, And I don't think anybody means for that to happen, but sometimes it can just happen. You know, I thought like Thor 2, uh, I thought Thor kind of started that movie felt a little soulless to me. Uh, thankfully Thor three, uh, does not, it feels like it gets its Thor gets his soul back <laughs> in Thor three. Uh, you kind of feel that guardians luckily, anytime these characters show up, they've been very fortunate that whoever is writing for them, either be gun or the Russo brothers get them right. And make sure that their soul is intact. So, uh, very excited for the future of the Guardians and also well, I'll probably be really sad because I gotta feel them. They're not all <laughs> going to keep going after the third one. Uh, but that was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Matt, we're going to continue uh Retro Pop's look into the MCU. Next time, what are we going to be watching and talking about?
0: All right. So we're going to go with a uh, important one for, for myself. Uh, I mean, all of these movies are very important, but Uh, It's still amazing to think about even, you know, the circumstances. We're going to look back at the very first uh, Avengers film from 2012. The first team up and meeting really the first crossover uh, movie and as far as superheroes go, uh, making it pretty significant. So that's what we're going to take a look at
1: 2012,
0: um, 2012 Avengers.
1: Looking forward to that very much. Uh, Any excuse to rewatch Marvel movies, I'll take. So I'm going to be watching that again. Uh, it's, you know, uh, I can't wait to talk about it because, uh, you know, it was the, you know, they've been putting these movies out and it was just kind of wild to see all these characters appear in one place. Uh, so I can't wait to talk about this. Uh, so stay tuned for that next time, uh, on retro pop for Matt Johnson. I'm Johnny Townsend And we remind you that even though it may seem like it, not everyone, uh, you know, everyone, no one is 100% a, a dick.